0: is that what we really want I mean is it something that we really 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 want to happen the spirit of the living god fill this place do you know what would happen if the spirit Of the living God filled this place there was a preacher a king who dedicated the temple after it was rebuilt and after he prayed it said that the Shekinah glory of God came down so thick and rich and pure that it Feel the temple. Yeah. and the priest could not even come in. So I don't think you really want the Spirit of the Living God in this place, because if you've got sin in your life, He's going to convict you of that sin. He's not going to pat you on the back and say, "Good boy, good girl." He's going to convict you. If you've been lying, He's going to call you a liar. Amen. He'll call a thief a thief. He'll call a lost person a lost person. He'll glorify Jesus and say, You only have one answer, and His name is still and will always be Jesus Christ. That's what the Spirit of the living God will do today. Amen. 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 Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. You did a great job as usual. You may sit down. You did a great job as usual. I'm not Pastor Mike, as you can tell. I'm much younger and taller. Yes. And that is not Andrea. This, uh, this is Angel. Those of you that come here, that's not Andrea. You knew that. And I'm not Pastor Mike. They'll be back this weekend. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, Lord. We, we preachers. We go through. We go through many valleys, trying to find the right valley, the right word, the right message, and we hear this. We think, "Oh, that's what it is," don't we? Don't we, Dennis? And we go, "Oh man, that sounds so good. I can preach that. that that's they'll love that." And, and then something else come along and say, "Oh no, no, it's it's that. It's got to be that." And then the day you're going to preach, the Holy Spirit comes and says, "Guess what? It ain't that, and it ain't that, and you ain't even knowing what it is yet." And I say, "That is just unfair. That is just unfair. Why do you do that to us?" He says, "Because if I told you before, you would try to prepare a sermon about it. You would try to prepare a sermon for it. I just want to preach. I just want you to preach the word." Come on, I just want you to preach the word. I want you to preach the word that I give you because I know what those people need. You look at them and you think you know what they need. You ain't got a clue what they need, but I know exactly, I know exactly, I know exactly what Lee needs. Patty may not know, but God knows. He knows what this woman needs. I don't know her name. She's a visitor. Yeah, amen. Amen. And he knows what I need. Amen. He knows what they need. And he knows what they need. That's right. I got you, my eyes on you. Yeah. They think they can hide back there on the back of the pew, but you can't hide. You know, pastors kind. I ain't kind. I ain't kind. You bunch of sinners. Bunch of reprobates hypocrites, yeah. I'm just trying to get your attention. Have I got your attention? Yeah, I bet you do. How many of you have got your phone out and you've got the pastor on Speed dial? you fixed a text to him? Yeah, Randall's at it again. Called us a bunch of reprobates, pastor. Tearing down everything you've been working on for the last seven years. Well, if that's all it takes, you ain't grown very much in seven years, amen? Come on come on okay so we're gonna get right to it no preamble except that preamble now Lord you know that's not what I prepared right there it's this is what I prepared this is what I prepared and studied and and researched and got my my points and everything this is the this is what and every time I led this back to that page and I go, okay. Okay, we'll just go there. Is it all right for us just to go there? I mean, he gave me this at 6.30 tonight. Thank you so much, Jesus. Esther and Mordecai prayed and fasted for three days. Why? Because their nation was being... Uh, threatened with extinction because one evil man had the king's ear. And when Esther found about it found out about it, Mordecai says, For all you know, Esther, this is the reason why God brought you up and let you be the queen in this country, so that you could stand up and, and pray and fast for your nation. You may not That's the only reason you're here. And don't think that you're the only one that can do it because if you don't do it, he will raise somebody else up to do it because it will get done. Here I'm telling you that you may not do what God tells you to do, but what he told you to do, it will get done. You get that? I've heard missionaries and I've heard preachers and everybody say you better you better not lose that chance to witness that person you may be the only person they that they hear that's a bunch of baloney every single breathing human being will receive an appropriate understandable acceptable word from god about the saving grace of his son jesus christ and they will be given the choice yes or no It may be you. It may be the person after you. It may be the 10th person after you that God tries to get to do it, but it will get done. God's work will get done. Amen. It doesn't matter what man says. Many are the plans of the heart of man, but the purposes of God shall prevail. I don't care what the president says. I don't care what the ambassador says. I don't care what every politician says. I don't care what every preacher says. I want to know what God says about this. And he says, I will never leave you. Come on. I'm here. You don't have to praise God to get him here. He's already here. You think that you may praise enough to get Jesus here? Jesus is already here. The Holy Spirit's already here. We pray, Spirit, fill this place. He's already filled this place. He's here. The power of an almighty God. He's
1: already here. He's just looking for somebody that will obey him and say, Lord, fill.
0: So when you pray that, God's looking at you. You really want my spirit on this, in this place? Then you better buckle up, buddy. Come on! This is Wednesday night. This is the highlight of your week.
1: <laughs>
0: For three days, they prayed and fasted. And what happened? God Almighty intervened. Come on now. another human king did intervene. a mighty warrior did not intervene. The king of kings intervened and said, what you planned for them, I just turned it around on you. You thought you was going to hang him on some billow on some gallows? I'm gonna hang you on them gallows. What the devil means for evil, God's in a in a breath can turn for your good. My Lord, have mercy. Don't worry about the enemy. Don't talk about the enemy. Don't study about the enemy. Study about Almighty God. The Bible says, "Submit yourself unto God." And then you can resist the devil and watch him run. (laughs) Oh, come on. Not walk away. Not stroll away. Not be arrogant and say, I'll be back. He is running from you because he sees the power of the almighty God operating in you. God intervened. The whole nation was saved. They commemorate commemorate it still today. The Jewish nation does and the enemy was destroyed because somebody got a hunger for God to intervene that's what revival is it's when God himself intervenes interrupts your normality and your comfort zone and your and your your everything And plugs himself in and says, from this moment on, you'll never be the same. The church will never be the same. The day that Pastor Mike and Andrew got here, the very day, this church was never the same. Come on now. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about they arrived on the scene they are praying people they are studying they study the word to show themselves approved unto God they study God's word they study God's word they preach and teach God's word and they love you and they will do anything for you and they are the most perfect example i have ever encountered in my life on this earth on this earth and this church will never be the same You know, that man's only got one sermon. Sorry, Pastor. (laughs) Ah, He's preaching somewhere. He won't hear this. And if I want them to hear what I said, I'll tell them. He's only got one sermon. Poor boy. I prayed for him. Lord, give him another sermon. He is driving me crazy with that same sermon. If we'll look here, we'll see. If he says that one more time, I'm going to slap myself. one sermon you know what that sermon is you are called by him and you are special and gifted and you can be so much more than you ever thought you could be in Christ and God desperately needs you that's his message I prayed one night, and I said, said, Lord, when is he going to stop preaching that same message? I mean, I've been here seven years. I got here the same day he did. I've heard that sermon a hundred times. I said, when is he going to get that, when is he going to get through with that one and move on? He said, when you get it right. When you get it right, then I let him move on. Well, he's still preaching that same message, so guess what? We ain't got it right yet. We're trying. We just ain't got there yet. Nehemiah wept, fasted, and cried out to God when he heard that the walls were broken and the gates were burned and the people were in great affliction. He was the cupbearer of the king of Babylon in Susa. 900 miles away from Jerusalem. But when some cousins of his came back to Susa and said, you won't believe what's happening in in Jerusalem, the gates are burned, the walls are still broken down, the people are in great affliction, and Nehemiah wept and fasted and prayed. Why? Because he got an urgent desire to see his God intervene. He knew that he could not do it On his own, but he knew that God could do it on his own. That God didn't need any help, but he would enlist others to join him in that great endeavor. And it says that he looked so sad. The king one day said, "Why?" And this is a dangerous thing to do—to look sad in front of the king. You know, it's like men being being sad in front of their women, their wives. Now, some of you got it. Some of you still sitting there wondering what's going on wonder what day it is who's the president it's dangerous to go in front of your wife with a sad face because she'll know you did something wrong you're asking for forgiveness <laughs> <See>, he knows <laughs> what I'm talking about he looks so sad bringing the cup and the food to the king and the king says what's the problem Nehemiah You've never looked this way before. You know how I know this is God, the word that I'm preaching to you? Because I feel very comfortable. I do not know what we're gonna go to next or what word or what, but I I feel comfortable knowing that He is in charge and that He He is speaking to you to your hearts. I said, why are you looking so sad? And I said, Because my people, my people, my You wanna get you wanna get a a woman really upset at you, mess with her people. No? Am I saying, am I talking, right? You, you want to get Carol on your bad side, mess with one of her grandchildren. You can do anything you want to to me, she could care less, but you mess with them grandkids, she gonna get you. You think I'm kidding. I live with this woman. I don't even get with the grandchildren. I mean, I don't, I don't spank them. I don't correct them. Matter of fact, I very seldom talk to them. <laughs> I don't. I just smile and nod. I do because I, I, my hearing is bad, and sometimes I'll hear my hearing aids in, and then she'll be talking to him, and saying, that's right. You need to get in there. You need." To, she says, and that's all she has to do. And I go, ooh. I just go, <laughs> smile and nod. But Nehemiah said, My people are being greatly afflicted, and it's breaking my heart, King. It's breaking my heart. I gotta do something about it. It's one thing to know something's wrong, it's another thing to have a burning desire to do something about it. Yeah. Oh, watch out now. That spirit gonna come in and get you. He said, Oh, you, you want to do something about it? Well, this is I got a job for you. You think I'm kidding, don't you? I ain't kidding. He's got lots of jobs. And so the king says, so, okay, well, why don't you go over there and fix it? As a matter of fact, I'll I'll provide all the material. Come on now. Come on now. This is 900 miles away. This is like traveling from here to Atlanta, Georgia by foot. How many of you would like to do that? To build some walls and gates so the king says but i'll provide everything you need this was after nehemiah heard the problem prayed and fasted and wept before god went before the earthly king and the earthly king wanted to know what the problem was and so he relates it to him and the earthly king is only doing what the king of kings commands him to do the Bible says in Daniels that the heart of the king is in the hand of God, and he does with it whatever he wants to do. So don't worry about that guy up in Washington. Don't worry about the guy in Austin. He is the ruler. He is the one that has the last word. He is the authority above all authorities. And when he wants to move a king out, he'll move one out. I don't understand his ways, and neither do you, but I just trust him to do what's best for us. Amen. So Nehemiah went to Jerusalem with a whole slew of people, lots of material, and they rebuilt the walls in how many days? 52 days. It took them longer to get there than it did to rebuild the walls you know why because they had the King's favor and they had the King's favor come on now don't get sleepy on me yet we're only halfway home you want the spirit of the Living God here that's God's favor and we want God's favor we want the favor of the King of Kings to rest upon Our earthly king, which is symbolized by our pastor. Amen. He is our leader, spiritual leader. He is the care of our souls. He's the shepherd of the sheep. He is the one that we lift up. He's the one who is going to be responsible to almighty God for your spiritual care. And so when we pray, we pray for the king of kings to put his favor on this king. To give him a word. Amen. We'll get to that in a minute. So 52 days is all all it took to rebuild. The walls, which symbolizes the protection, was taken away. They restored the protection. The gates symbolize the power or the authority of the city. So they restored that. And the affliction of the people was lifted come on come on come on if God says something is gonna happen it's gonna happen amen if God tells Nehemiah you're gonna go there you're gonna do this this and this and this is gonna happen you can count on it happening if he's told you something and it doesn't look like it's gonna happen you don't see the resources you don't see the way it, that does not matter what you see. What, you, what matters is what you know and what you've heard from God. He will provide a way where there seemeth to be no way. That lost loved one that's been lost your whole life, you've prayed 10,000 prayers for them, they're just as rogue as they ever were, don't give up. Amen? Don't give up. Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, after he was baptized, the Holy Ghost in the river, he went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And what was he doing? He was praying and fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And during that time, there were beasts out there. And I'm sure that the devil was tormenting him. And at the end of that 40 days, the devil comes to him and tempts him three different times. And Jesus defeats him every time, every point. It says that and Jesus left the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. He went in with the full of, full of the Holy Ghost. He was tempted and tried and found true, and he came strolling out of that wilderness just as full of the power of God as he did when he went in. What does that tell you? It doesn't matter how long you're in the wilderness. Come on now. It does not matter how long you're in the wilderness. If you'll keep your hand in God's hand and keep the Word as your primary resource, you will come walking out of that wilderness full of the power of Almighty God. Oh, hallelujah. And then the ministry begins. Yes. Joel said to sanctify a fast. To call a solemn assembly to gather the people into God's house and to cry unto the Lord why because the day of the Lord is at hand now if you do not study the word you you may believe the day of the Lord is a good thing it is not the day of the Lord is not a good it is the day of God's wrath and Joel says you better get your stuff in order You better start crying out to God and get yourself right because God is coming in his wrath to punish all of the disobedient. He is not kidding. He's not kidding. And he meant that for us today too. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, you know what that says. Don't you? Hello? Hello? Yes, yes, this is the Lord. Yes, sir, we will preach the word. (laughs) I did that at the church one day. (laughs) I was preaching to my phone ring, and I said, yes, hello? And I don't know who it was. I said, yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, I will. And I hung up and says, that was the Lord. He said, preach the word. And they just, I I thought they were going to fall in the aisles. God's talking to the pastor on a phone. Y'all are so gullible. So, if my people, that be you, that be you, you hear me? Look at me. That be you. That don't be the lost people. He got another plan for the lost people. But his plan for his people who are called by his name, he says, if they will just humble themselves you're not all of that we think we are we do I got my hair just right tonight I mean I watched it three times and I combed it and I and I, and, and I said "Ooh, Dad, you are styling. It looked, didn't it look good nice and white almost look like a halo yeah and God says yeah I'll see what you look like in the morning when you first get up and you look in the mirror yeah, we'll see how styling you are. Yeah. But we ain't all of that. We think we are. Sometimes we think we do stuff from God. Well, I serve you, God. I deserve. I pay my tithe regularly, I have for many years. So I deserve to be blessed. Matter of fact, you said if I'd try you and test you would prove you, you'd open them the window of heaven and I couldn't contain the blessing. Well, I'm ready. And I deserve it, and I need it, because I'm, I'm humble, Lord. I'm humble. I'm, I'm humble, Lord, and and I'm not a wicked person. I've turned from my wicked ways, except for maybe that, that little lie I told yesterday. That don't really count, you know, because you understand, you know, sometimes we got to have that little lie to, you know, get out of trouble. You go, yeah, I heard you tell that little lie. And that's going to shut that window for you you're that picky god you better believe i'm that picky boy sin is sin james says to him that doeth to do right knoweth to do right and does not do it it is sin it's not a mistake it is sin and no sin will enter Is God picky about you? You better believe he's picky about you. That little lie, that that pencil you stole at work and took home. Oh, come on. Come on. I found it in the yard. Just because it says crossroads assemblies of God in this green, I found it. Somebody lost it. I I just cleaned up the yard and took it home. Yeah. Why don't you take it back to the office and say you found it? And is he that picky? I'm telling you, he is. He knows every thought. Do you know? And this is this is bad news for us. You know, he said there's no be no tears in heaven. That's after the bema. The bema is the judgment seat of Christ. <laughs> what am I doing that for? It's the judgment seat of Christ. It's where believers will go, and they will stand before Christ, and it says, and every, <laughs> let me find somebody I really want to pick on. Yeah, somebody I really want to pick on. Oh, yeah, there you are. There you are. You thought it was going to be you, didn't you? Yeah. He, he was cringing. He was trying to snuggle over closer to her. Yeah. yeah, it's her. This is Cindy, yeah, she picks on me in class all the time, so I'm going to pick on her. Every word you say will be judged, so you better be nice to me.
1: Everybody, but you. Huh? What?
0: What she said? Every thought, every word. I mean, that's gonna be hard, isn't it? I mean, have you already spoke good? Gentle, loving things, your life. Yeah. I said something mean. <laughs> I would not doubt it. <laughs> I just said something mean to my wife yesterday. Mean, you know. And I'm gonna have to stand before Christ. Says, "What do you say that for?" Every word <laughs> means every word. Every <laughs> thought, every deed will be judged by Jesus Christ that which was done for any other reason than for him will be burnt up as hay and stubble. The only thing that will be left will be the things that you said and did for him with a pure heart. My hay and stubble is going to be tall, isn't it? I know y'all is going to be tiny, just two or three strands of hay. I'm going to have bales and bales of hay you know burning because a lot of the stuff I did was for me I know I'm the only one like this but you know I'm being transparent <laughs> sure every word but after that there'll be no more tears in heaven because it can be all good stuff and now Ezra and this is where the Lord really talked to me a couple of weeks ago about, you're showing going to be something about Ezra. What time is it? Oh, got eat nine, nine minutes. It's going to be something about Ezra. And he didn't really tell me what. But I, I read something for the first time, and it said that um, after seven years of captivity, okay, after 70 years of Israel being in Babylon in captivity, because of their rebellion and their idol worship okay god said through jeremiah you will be delivered you will come out of slavery after 70 years so is god picky 70 years he didn't say 69 years and 345 days he said after 70 years you will be led out of captivity it was exactly 70 years when he started moving on nehemiah and ezra's heart to get them into Jerusalem. Isaiah said that, that this is God speaking. He says, I say that King Cyrus will lead you to Jerusalem. And so I go to Ezra, and it says that God stirred the spirit of the king. And the king, Cyrus, proclaimed to the people that God of heaven has given me everything in my kingdom and he has commanded me to build him a house in Jerusalem. 900 miles away. I never read that before. I never, It never clicked that God moved the, upon the king on the earth and stirred his spirit up. And when his spirit God stirred up, then he stirred the people up. And he says, who will go to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple? And a whole bunch of people, 40,000 I think it was, said, we'll go, we'll go. And then everybody else that wasn't going to go, it said they brought them gold and silver and overwhelmed them with blessings. So they went to the 900-mile trip to Jerusalem. Zerubbabel was the first one to go to build the temple and the adversary didn't want the temple built okay we're talking about revival revival is for you first you get that? revival isn't for the lost person first it's for the the believer first get the believer right, get them revived and then they will go out and they will share the word That's what revival is for. That's what we're praying for, that God would revive this church. So Ezra is going to revive the love of God's Word. I'm here to tell you that the first thing that we're going to have to do if we want revival, you are going to have to have your love of God's Word revived. I don't mean you read a two-minute devotion during the day and that's the only time you communicate with God. That is not what I'm talking about. And I'm not even talking about you saying, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pray and I'll fast for five minutes a day for a revival. That's not what I'm talking about. If that's all you gave your spouse, do you think they'd be happy? If, you, if that's all you gave your boss, do you think they'd be happy? okay you're paying me all this money and I'm your but I'm gonna I'll give you five minutes a day is that good we good they would they would fire you on the spot so we are not talking about a sporadic crisis five-minute part of your day when you're untru you're in trouble you're in crisis or you're being threatened or oppressed or someone's hurting your feelings and you go to God and you cry out to God that is not what we're talking about either God wants a daily consistent continual commitment of his child to spend quality time in his word and with him in communication every day day with the exception of no days well I'm going on vacation so I won't go to church really well let's hope God doesn't go on vacation for you well I don't have to tell you you know we do it at home and 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 the Lord just convicted me just then I told you just love it when God convicts you while you're trying to preach the word. I love it, Lord. He said, I know you do. He just convicted me of something. Carol and I, several months ago, we've been married many years. Okay? Many years. Many seventy four. Not seventy-four years. I'm not even that old. 1974, 84, 94, 204, 214, 47 years. My Lord, miracles still happen. She's still married to me. And we have tried and tried and tried. And I'm sharing with you exactly what God wants me to share with you so you can take it or leave it. And we have tried and tried. I can't tell you how many times we have tried to get a devotion going. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? I mean, you want to get closer to God. You want to share a special time with your spouse, not with the children, or any, just a special 10 or 15 minutes a, a day in the Word and praying and with God and your spouse. And it seems like all hell breaks loose. Everybody calls and texts at 801 when you say, let's start at 8 o'clock. And the phone will ring, and you get a text. And it's important, Mom. It's important, Dad. You got to let, you got you to. Gotta. And so the, the devil, that's the one that's really doing it. He's causing things to happen to make them call and text you. So we have tried for years, and we've done a little bit, and it would fall away. We've done a little bit, and we'll fall away. We're so ungodly and unholy. You know what I'm saying? And we're Holy Ghost-filled people. Yeah, we can't even get a devotion going. Yeah, you're not like that, right? Go ahead and lie. Spirit of the living God, go get them liars. But about four or five months ago, we said, okay, we're going to try again. That's the key. Never stop trying. Never stop trying. It doesn't matter if you fail a hundred times. Try again, because you don't know that may be the time that takes. Amen? So we said, okay, we're going to try. What are we going to do? And I said, okay, let's let's spend a little time in the morning, a little time every night, right before we go to bed, right after we get up, and let's just let's pick a chapter, and let's just read the chapter, and then let's just talk about a little bit, and then we'll just pray a short prayer about the day. Guess what started happening? Well, of course it did. Of course it did. I'd get up at two o'clock because I think it's the Lord, and it was really the pizza. And so by seven thirty, I'm ready for a nap. You know, I'm not, I don't want to talk to God or read the Bible. I want to go to back to sleep. Five and a half hours later, yeah. So things just happen, just happen, and they try to keep you from like these guys will not leave me alone. I'm such a good golfer. I'm their A golfer, so they're always calling me to go golfing with them. Okay, and some of them are sitting here tonight. So I'm talking And they call me to go golfing. How many of you think I'm a good golfer? Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, so we go golfing at seven thirty in the morning. What does that do to my devotion time? Pfft. That's what it does. Because I'm not going to wake her up early. no, 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 no. no, no. no. I let her sleep until she wants to wake up. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a smart man. Do not poke the bear. <laughs> he said that out loud. There's the bear right there. You gonna get him tonight, is she? Yeah. But don't poke the bear. <laughs> you in big trouble, hombre. Um, what was I saying? about getting up early and praying oh the devotion that's where we're going see I, I get distracted trying to talk about the devotion I get so distracted but we've done it really good praise God most of the mornings and most of the evenings we have been devoting yeah even with all the interruption and all the physical and all the, we've been devoting and it's been a major success and I can tell a major change in her praise God. I mean, that's what we were doing it for. Amen. She needed help. I said, yes, baby, I'll pray with you. Lord, help her. Just know she don't treat me like she should. She can hear me, so I know that that bear's going to poke me back tonight. But don't give up. Keep trying to get that devotion going. Keep trying to to get that communication and that time set apart, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, he will bless you in ways you can't even imagine. He will. He's already got the blessing stored up. And he says, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Is that what he said? He said, then I will, hear from heaven, I will forgive their, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving my sins. I sin every day. I don't want to, but I do anyway. Nobody makes me do it. I do it myself. And he forgives my sins and he heals. He said, I will heal their land, Dennis. What land is he talking about? He's talking about you those around you your church that land I will heal them how many of you are having problems with with close relatives they're not serving God the way they should be matter of fact if we're being true they're serving the devil they're living for the devil they're just being you know lost they're just acting like lost people do you have the authority to make them get saved no you do not but you do have the authority over the ones who's trying to afflict them. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Come on now. You have authority over the one who is trying to afflict your child. You can command and demand that he take his hands away. That he, it says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil. Well, resist him for them. I want the love of God to be revived in my children's hearts I want to see them in church worshiping and praising and serving God with all of their heart I want to see that as their primary focus in life not succeeding in life not spending the money God is allowing them to make but bringing their children into his house Bringing my grandchildren into his house and teaching them about a living, loving, eternal God who is the only answer to every question those children are gonna have. Amen. That's what we wanna see. We wanna see revival. I wanna see revival in you. I wanna see you, I want to see such a love for God's word that that's all you want to talk about. Do you remember when you first got saved? Oh, yeah, I couldn't talk about him enough. I wanted to be around people who wanted to talk about it. I wanted to tell my story. He forgave me of all of my sins, cleansed me, healed me, promised me a life here and a life later. How can you beat that deal? And I wanted to tell everybody, That was one of the problems in the church. Jesus said, you've lost your first love. And he's not talking about some church thousands of miles away. He's talking about the Crossroads Church. You've lost your first love. You've allowed even a ministry for him can replace your love for him. He said, you've allowed other things and other people to replace the love that you used to have for me because you used to talk to me all the time I could count on it you'd come and talk to me all the time all through the day you'd stop and talk to me you would praise me, worship with me worship me you'd ask me for things you'd come to me when you had a problem when you were hurting, you'd come to me now you go to someplace else you don't go to my house when you're sick what is the house for it's for sick people I'm not afraid of getting sick I'm not afraid of the COVID I'm not afraid of herpes I'm not afraid of any other disease? I'm not afraid of the devil or any of his tools. I didn't mean herpes. I meant uh, <laughs> well. I'm not afraid of that either. But <laughs> what I meant to say was all oh, that. No, I don't remember what. What was it? I don't know. Oh, he don't know. He don't. He's not even going to get into that at all. Um, cholera. Tuberculosis, uh, what? Cancer. Not afraid of that. Why? I may get it, but I'm not afraid of it. Why? Because to live is for you. To die is to gain. I'm not, I, don't have, I don't have clutches on this life. I'm not holding on for dear life. I have a tenuous hold. And any time he wants to take me, in any way he wants to take me, I am ready to go home. Amen. So I do not fear the devil. I do not fear. Now, we're going to pray in a minute because there's a young lady that has been a horrible wreck. A lot of you know about it. She suffered horrible injuries. And she's in the midst of this new journey that she's going to have to go through and she's going to take her family with her. And we need to pray for her. I guarantee you she is, she is being tormented in many different ways. And his fa- her family needs to be encouraged and comforted. And, and in the future, I'm sure that this church will ask you to step up and do something to help. And you just be ready to do that because if it was you, You will want somebody stepping up to help you. Yeah. So, I forgot where I was going again. That's what happens when you get to be 72. God stirred up the, the, he stirred up the, the spirit of the king. The king stirred up the spirit of the people. And they accomplished the goal. We want revival. Absolutely, Lord. That's not just a little pithy statement. Pray for revival. We really mean, I mean, we really are hungering and thirsting after the righteousness of God. We want the power of him in this house. Not just to bless us, but to heal people for real. Deliver people for real the lost people be drawn into here because his spirit draws lost people to him and we want to be so revived that we get into his word more every day so that he can speak to us and prepare our heart for the next day that when they come in we will be so ready to love them we do not care what they look like smell like talk like or anything else Spirit of the living God, please fill this place. And I'm talking about this place. Fill this place. Fill this place. Fill this place. Fill, this place. fill, this place. fill us with your Holy Spirit again. Fill your church with your Holy Spirit again. We desperately need you, and we don't even need you as much as the lost people need you, but we desperately need you to prepare us for them. Now, the Lord told our pastor that this church would grow exponentially if we could just get united. United in what? united in our desire for God to have his perfect will in every way. Every way. So this is what I'm going to pray. I have a wonderful prayer that God has given me from Colossians. That it blesses me to pray this prayer. That's how good this prayer is. And if you would like a copy of it, I'd be more than happy to give you a copy of it. And you pray it every day, and it will bless, just the prayer itself will bless you. It is such a good prayer. The Holy Spirit drew that out of the book of Colossians for me. So I'm going to pray. Like I, I can see my brother over here out working in his landscaping business. Yeah, I can see him out there working in his landscaping, mowing and and cutting the trees and the shrubs, and I can see how he is listening to the Holy Spirit and saying, Lord, help me to be an instrument of righteousness today. Help me to do something for someone else today. Bring someone into my life that I can show the love of Christ today. Now, I know I've been a little but I don't get to preach very often, so you're just going to have to suck it up and drive on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is the last thing I'm going to tell you, and I just learned about this today. My sister, Jan, who is much older, shorter, and slower than I am, just moved from Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she's lived for like 40 or 50 years. She's moved to Denton to be close to her children. That's what parents and grandparents do. Isn't it, Dennis? We move close to our loved ones, y'all. And so she's just moved to Denton, and she has been in Albuquerque forever. I mean, I think she was there when there wasn't even an Albuquerque. I think she was one of the founding mothers. She's been there so long. All of her children, grandchildren grown, I mean, everything. Finally moved out of Denton, uh, there, and moved to Denton, Texas. That was a culture shock. So she said, I was, and I was talking to her today. She's, said, I'm sitting in my front, my front living room. I don't even have a front porch to sit anymore. I had a great front porch in Albuquerque you know what she's doing she wants to go back to egypt huh it was good back there we were slaves but it was still good we had plenty to eat it was comfortable you know my whole family grew up there we were there for generations my great 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 grandpa was there so she said i don't have a front porch. i don't even have a back porch and the lord said well you got them two old chairs that you got from your great great grandpa go sit them under that big old tree in your front yard this is what she told me. And uh, she said, okay. She said, I got my grandson, and we went up there and we put those big old, big old, old, comfortable, I mean, 60, 70 years old chairs, and they're just as comfortable as they can be. Sit there under the tree. And she said, in about five minutes, a lady walks by, and she had been praying and talking to God about, I don't know anybody here. I don't have a church. I don't have a doctor. I don't have any loved ones except. My, my one family. So I don't, I, I'm not involved in anything. She's very involved in church stuff. And, and the Lord says, well, go sit there. And within five minutes, a lady walked by walking her dog. My, my sister is much older than me. She's like 76. <laughs> so y'all have left me. I'm telling this story anyway. You can sleep if you want to. So she's like 76, 77, and this 30-year-old walk, walks by with her dog. And uh, my, my, my sister is very friendly. She says, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And this woman stops, looks at her like, what kind of freak are you? You just don't greet strangers on the street. I mean, and so but Jan just kept talking to her, and finally they built a little rapport. So this lady left. The next day, this lady shows up again, and she wants to have tea. You see where we're going with this? And so Jan is, she's just happy as a lark. I mean, absolutely, I can make a friend and we can have tea both and I'll be happy and she'll be happy. And they got together for about an hour. And you know what two women talk about? You know why it's not two men? We'd last five minutes and we'd be gone. Yep. But they talked. And so she built this friend. And so the next day, and I'm talking about next day she is sitting with her new friend out under the tree and the next door the neighbor from across the street comes comes over she's in her 40 issues and she's i've been watching y'all and you look like you're having a pretty good time and and i just wonder if i could come over and you know just sit and have tea with you guys so simple so simple and after about two weeks of this this woman starts talking to my sister and starts crying and she says I just thank God that he sent you into our neighborhood so long before she left Albuquerque God was listening to prayers in Denton (laughs) will he do that for you? you better believe he'll do that for you he'll make somebody move out of their comfort zone because you prayed and asked him to amen 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 well people are getting up i guess i need to shut up (laughs) so there you go pray and fast pray and fast you need to you need to make a commitment right now i was going to have a piece of paper for you to write not your name but just i will i will fast and pray this meal on this date But the Lord said, don't do that. So I'm asking you, you, are you willing to sacrifice a meal and an hour between here and October the 1st to see real revival break out in this church? One meal, one hour. Not per day, just one between now and October 1st. There's about how many days between now and then? Today's the 23rd? About eight days. If you want to do it every day, you know you're not going to outgive give God. He's not going to let you out give him. Multiple, multiple blessings. So let's stand together. And that's why we're going to close with a commitment. We don't need any music. I understand <laughs> so we're going to pray together and I, I would like for you to pray this prayer to God God tell me what you want me to do for this revival to break out tell me how often how long what what can I do to help this revival really break out so that it won't even it won't just be in crossroads, but it will break out in the community, and then it will break out into my family that's not even living in this town, but it's breaking out of my family. The revival will break out into their family so that they will feel the reviving fire of God, and my kids will get revived, and my grandchildren will get revived. My brothers and sisters will get revived. So let's close today with that prayer together. Pray with me.
1: live. Help us, Lord, be the instrument of righteousness that ends this world. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody that really believes that, say, Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging
0: around. I've been preaching so long, my phone has gone dead.